know for a fact that Reynolds doesn't have any. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 6, Reds 3 last night in Cincinnati. They'll play two today in a split-form doubleheader at Great American Ballpark. Game 1's at 12.35, Game 2 is at 6.40, and the games don't matter. That's just how it goes. When your club wins a game on a rainy Monday night in Cincinnati in September in front of virtually no people and Bryce Wilson is your starter, nothing of consequence has occurred, or at least very little. Reynolds did hit a home run to the second deck in left field, which is not the same as hitting it in the second deck in other places, but it's still a shot. I mean, he really got into it. He ended up two for four with a walk. He's at 256 if you're still into batting average for the year, and he's got 22 homers. And there's a, a sense that I have, and maybe others share it as well, that Reynolds, because of that phenomenal June that he had, that he's fallen off since then, that he's like, you know, gone into something of a of a tailspin, close it out, whatever, because there have been more than a few nights, especially in some of these dud games, where he's been kind of quiet. But then, you know, that's why they have the stats. Pre-All-Star break. Reynolds was batting 261 with a 343 on base percentage, 808 OPS. Post All-Star, 247 with a 324 on base and a 742 OPS. It's not that different. It's not what it was, but really the the June thing is the outlier. And when you look at Reynolds and his brief still I would say career in Pittsburgh, you would see him as much more of a consistent producer than you would as someone who just kind of bubbles or just pops to the surface on occasion, especially after the kind of year that he had in 2021. However, however, I do find it fair and reasonable to expect that there's more in him. There's more of June in him than what we've seen. No, I'm not going to go off on yet another tangent about Andy Haynes, the hitting coach. But when we talk about players getting better, you know, it doesn't always have to be about the children, about the 22 and the 23-year-olds. It can also be about the guys that you're paying a whole lot of money. And in fact, what got Haynes fired in Milwaukee, among other things, was that he couldn't get anywhere near what was needed out of Christian Yelich after the Brewers signed him to a massive contract in a market that's two-thirds the size of Pittsburgh. So yeah, Reynolds matters. He matters a lot. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. We were up in Milwaukee a couple weeks ago, and I asked Reynolds after another strong game that he'd had that evening against the Brewers, if he felt like it was important to finish strong. And he he kind of acknowledged it, but he always gets a little bit guarded whenever the subject comes up of anything that he might be doing that isn't absolutely excelling at the plate. He he gets, I don't want to say nasty, he's a little too cool for that, but it 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 doesn't sit well with him. So it doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you, that when Chris Halleck, our reporter from DK Pittsburgh Sports, who's on the scene in Cincinnati, asked Reynolds, Basically, the same thing. You know, how do you feel uh, you need to do here at the end to feel good about yourself? This was Reynolds' answer. I don't put any extra emphasis on the last three weeks that I, you know, I put the same emphasis on that time as I did from the start of the season. So nothing special there. Just trying to finish the way I always want to play. I'm not knocking him, mind you. One thing I always believe in is that when you're the reporter and you're asking questions, the athlete is free to answer however he or she pleases. That's just the way it goes. We're allowed to ask anything. They're allowed to answer anything. And again, you could tell he's not being belligerent or anything. It just kind of hits him in a bad spot. He wants to be that guy who does this on a consistent basis. He wants to be that guy, not necessarily at the June level. I mean, he'd be first ballot Hall of Fame. If, if all of his months were like that, but he expects it. And I think he expects it to the extreme that he doesn't even like to discuss when it isn't happening for him. Look, this is a very, very good baseball player. I don't believe there's anyone anywhere, even at the very peak of Reynolds' performance at any given point, who believes he's a superstar or anything like that. He is still, right now, the best player on this team. Probably doesn't have the highest ceiling. I think we all know who has the highest ceiling. Hint, hint, he actually needs them in his home, too. But he is their guy. And as such, it would, I believe, whether Reynolds wants to say it or not, behoove him to have a nice solid finishing three weeks here. Again, get the average over 260, 265, something like that. Batting average doesn't mean much to statisticians anymore, but the players talk about it. They do. How about three more dingers to get to 25? Something like that. And, and they'll all tell you, believe me, in an interview setting, that Little milestones like that individual stuff. Oh, I don't even look at that. I don't even know how many I have. It's nonsense, okay? It's it's actually less than nonsense. It's BS, okay? They know. They know where they are. Let's, let's see a good, strong finish. And hey, maybe, maybe it would even contribute in some small way toward you know, a longer-term extension than the couple of years that he picked up to ward off arbitration. When we come back, J1Q.
best coaches on the market, or is it that the coaches don't want to come to this franchise? You know, Tony, it's kind of a loaded question, obviously. The way you phrased it, you're not giving me much of an out, but I'm going to take the out anyway, believe me, because it's neither. It's that the Pirates are hiring coaches who aren't very good at their jobs. Everything that I understand and have come to know about the team, including from the people who've been hired by them, is that they pay at a commensurate rate. They're right there with anybody else, and that includes the Yankees and Dodgers. You're always going to have outliers with certain teams, some, you know, super megastar pitching coach or something like that that's going to be uh, really tenured with an organization that they'll they'll respect that and pay a premium. But you know what? There's not even a lot of that left in baseball because the old school, in particular, pitching coaches have kind of have kind of gone by the wayside. Uh, if you'll remember Leo Mazzoni, for example, who was in Atlanta for a hundred years under Bobby Cox, those guys don't really exist anymore in large part because of analytics, biomechanics, and other really fairly recent concepts that have been introduced to the game. Oscar Marine of the Pirates was brought here with a background that's built on biomechanics when he came from the Astros organization. This isn't somebody who has much of a background in actual pitching. I'm not going to get into the merits of all that and go back and forth. That can be a discussion for another day. But where it comes to pay, they pay. They're just not getting the right guys. They're just not getting the right guys. And, and, and I'm not ready to bury Oscar. I was, fairly or not, a few months ago. But I thought it was a reasonable stance to take that the man hadn't overseen the improvement of a single pitcher on the roster. Well, this summer, right here in front of us, in front of our eyes in Pittsburgh, we have seen Mitch Keller. And those of you who've heard this story already from me uh, in the past, just grin and bear it, but Spin Williams, many, many years ago, another one of those old school former pitching coaches, once told me, I'll be employed here as long as that guy is great. And he pointed over toward Oliver Perez. Well, Oliver Perez was great for maybe like two years, and it didn't take long after that for Spin to be shown the door. Some things change in baseball. Some things don't. If you can elevate a young starting pitcher, your job is going to be way more secure than someone who can't. And this summer alone, we've seen Keller rise up. We've seen, to a much lesser extent, but still something, JT Brubaker rise up. We saw Jose Quintana, even though he's a veteran and really kind of had to find something that he'd already done before in his career, it still had to happen here, and it had to happen under Marine. And the Pirates were able to get a surprisingly, I thought, decent return in the trade for Quintana. Rowanzi Contreras, as talented as he is, as many natural gifts as he has, he's still also pitched well. In fact, he looks a little bit more mature as a pitcher every time he takes the mound. And that's also to someone's credit. Haynes, I I'm not going. I, I, I do this all the time. I'm not doing it again. But I, I do want to answer... 
the question emphatically that it's not about money and it's not that coaches don't want to come here or anything like that. There are only 30 of these teams on the planet at this level. Believe you me, they don't get super picky about where it is that they go. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do this again tomorrow.